chapter 1 and verse number 5. James chapter 1 and verse number 5. We've been in a series, within a series, within a series now for some weeks. And we've been looking of late at the importance of asking. And, I mean, I guess it's one of those things we could stay on if the Lord leads us to do it for the rest of the year. I mean, I, I was meditating on some things last night and just, you know, verses that I haven't even got in my notes, much less in slide form yet, that, um, that you know, it was, just say it this way, the Bible has a lot to say um, about the importance of um, asking God. And so we've looked at why it's important for us to ask. We've looked at, last week we spent some time on why we don't ask, why we hate to ask. Um, and here is my prayer, and I, I want you to join your faith with mine for this, okay? Is that these verses would just come alive inside of you. Do you understand what I mean by that? Um, I heard uh, Brother Jesse Duplantis was uh, talking the other day. He, he said one, one of the things he has to watch against in his life is, and he's, he's even had an angel come into his room and, and tell him, you rest, you got to rest. And, and um, he said that a young man, that he, the way he talked, he didn't even really know the young man, but he said the Lord gave him a word. He said, Brother Jesse, the, the Lord gave me a word for you. And, of course, Brother Jesse being kind of gracious, he go, oh, young man, what is it? You know, and and uh, he said, the Lord told me to tell you that the devil has shifted his strategy against you. Every time he gets in front of you, you run over him, so he's gotten behind you and he's pushing you. He's, he's, he's changed his strategy. He got behind, he's behind you now and he's pushing you, hoping that he can push you and drive you and push you and drive you till you, till you harm yourself physically. Now, this is what Brother Jesse Duplantis said about that. He said, that went off inside of me like a shotgun. Okay. Have you ever had the word of the Lord go off inside of you like a shotgun? Amen. If you haven't, I pray that it happens tonight for you. So, when we're talking about the Word of God coming alive inside of you, where it, it's, it's more than just head knowledge. It's more than just, yeah, I know the Bible says that, Pastor Mark. Tell us something that we don't know. You know, th that kind of attitude. But that, that we would, you know, have this, the, 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 the Bible word for it is revelation, where it goes from information to revelation and and in your heart, in your, as my mother would say growing up, in your knower, your knower, you know what your knower is in your heart, you know, where you know that you know that you know, amen, it goes off and comes alive in your knower, amen. And let me, if I could, just while I'm on that subject, what I have found in my life is that hearing the Word of God, hearing uh, men and women, uh, anointed men and women of God teach the Word of God, um, also spending time reading the Word of God. But for me, and I, it could be different for other folks, but for me, when it goes off in me like a shotgun, if I could quote Brother Jesse Duplantis, um, that happens 
more times than not in my life when I'm meditating on the Word of God, where I am just really immersing myself in something that the Word says, something that I feel like God is, is you know, He's been breathing on, on Sundays. We're talking about trusting in God and His power, learning to trust God and His power. And, man, it's like the more I meditate on that, things are just coming alive. And, and So I just want to encourage you on this particular subject, the importance of asking. Don't think you know all this. Sometimes Brother Keith Moore says this. He says, I know you know a lot about this verse. He said, but I guarantee you, you don't know everything there is to know about any verse. And that's one of the ways I think the enemy uh, sidetracks a lot of people because, you know, yeah, we've heard that. Yeah, we know that. Yeah, we memorized that a long time ago. Yeah, but it's not the same, though, as it coming alive inside of you. Um, so anyway, let's, uh, let's, let's go through some of these verses. We're talking about asking God. So notice what he says here. If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. You see, God will give you wisdom if you have a Ph.D., and, and God will give you wisdom if, if, if you're a fifth grader, um, you know, struggling with uh, long division. Um, when it says that he'll give wisdom to all, and that word liberally there means he'll give it generously. But again, notice, if you lack it, what do you got to do? Ask of God. Ask of God. Ask of God. I'm not asking you to shout it out at me, but when's the last time you've asked God for wisdom? And compare that to when's the last time you've needed wisdom? And I'll give you the answer to the last question. The last time you needed wisdom was right now. Amen. As there's not a moment goes by in our lives that we do not need the wisdom of God operating, working in our lives. And so it's recognizing that we're in need of something that we can only get from God, and therefore we humbly ask Him for it by faith. Now, I want to show you this verse in a few other translations, because when it comes to asking God and Him giving to you, what's true of wisdom is true of anything that you would ask of Him. You ask humbly in faith, and Father God loves to and, and, and gives generously to us. Um, one of the things that we've really been trying to just, I know it's simple, I know it's basic, but I've really been trying to emphasize in our time together on Wednesday evening is, is that it's Father's good pleasure to, to give to His children. He um, He is loaded and he loves to bless us he loves to uh to give uh things that we need and things that we desire um it, it, it's an opportunity and so i was again just kind of meditating on that to try and relate to it on some personal individual level and sometimes I will end a phone call by telling the person on the other end of the phone, if you need me, call me. Anybody ever told anybody that? If you need me, call me. Okay? So what would be 
the situation that would call for, if you need me, call me. It's a situation where you anticipate somebody could possibly need your help in some area or some situation, okay? But you also, at the same time, anticipate that they may be reluctant to call and ask for help, right? And so two things. You, you recognize that they're potentially going to need some help from you, and you also recognize that they're potentially going to be, for whatever reason, anxious, you know, afraid, don't want to impose, don't want to be a bother, whatever. Um, you anticipate that they are going to be reluctant to call, and so you try to nudge them in the direction of calling if they, if they have need of help. One, because you're more than willing and ready and eager to help them, okay? Um, but also you want to, to try to provide um, some level of, of comfort um, for them so that when, when and if they do need to call you, they'll remember, oh, well, you know, he said if I need me, call, you know, and, 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 and do that, all right? So I think whether you've ever said those exact words or been a part of anything like that, I think most of us have, but if not, I think you can at least relate to it. So why am I bringing that up right now? Do you realize how many times Father God has done that for us in his word? Do you realize how many times he has, in essence, said to us, if you need me, call me. If, if you need some help with this, if you lack wisdom, ask me. If, if there's something that you want uh, and, and, and desire, ask me. In other, words, in other words, he's anticipating us having needs and desires that, that can't be fulfilled without him. And he's going ahead and extending to us an invitation to ask him because he recognizes that the enemy and our own flesh and, and, and low self-esteem, all these reasons why, anxiety, fear, that, that we may be reluctant to ask, he's going ahead and nudging us. It's almost like he's, he's, he's begging us to ask him. Okay? Um, <clears throat> well, that was a really good point, um, Pastor Mark. Uh, that, that's good. No, I'm just kidding. Are you, does that make sense to you? That's, that helps me. I hope it's helping you. D- does that make sense to you? All right. James chapter 1, verse 5. If any of you needs wisdom to know what you should do, you should ask God, and he will give it to you. God is generous to everyone and doesn't find fault with them. That's the God's Word translation. How about uh, the message translation? If you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get His help and won't be condescended to when you ask for it. Okay? What is this idea of being condescended to? Have you ever... Have you ever asked a question this way? Yes, Mark, what is your question? This may sound like a dumb question. Okay. In other words, why would we ever begin a question with, this may sound like a dumb question? Because we are afraid of being condescended to. In other words, we, we're like trying to inoculate the room from snickering behind our back, you know, um, there was a brother in class this morning, and, and um, number one, you know, wearing masks at the foundry, and so it's it kind of hard to understand him anyway. But then even when he pulled his mask down, you know, I was trying to connect with his question and understand where he was coming from. It was a pretty deep question. Um, 
but I wasn't getting it, and other people around him weren't getting it, and some folks kind of snickered, and he's like, y'all can judge me all you want to. I, I want to know the answer to this, you know. And um, so, you know, no shame in his game, you know. I mean, he, he just wanted to know the answer, right? Um, so if we anticipate or are or, or anxious about, you know, somebody thinking this is a dumb question or going to judge us or look down on us for asking, we, we would begin the question with, this may sound like a dumb question, all right? So, of course, I always reply to, there's no such thing as a dumb question, okay? Right? It's dumb not to ask. If you want to know, ask. Have not because what? You ask not. So, one more time, if you don't know what you're doing, pray to the Father. He loves to help. You'll get His help and won't be condescended to when you asked, when you asked for it. Here, here's the same verse from the Passion Translation. If anyone longs to be wise, ask God for wisdom and He will give it. He won't see your lack of wisdom as an opportunity to scold you over your failures, but He will overwhelm your failures with His generous grace. Man, I like that. I like that. You know, you think, well, maybe you're in a situation where it's like, Lord, you know, I ought to maybe have grown past this by now. Maybe I, you know, ought to know better by now. But again, he's not going to scold you. He, he, have you figured out by now that if, if, if Father God was looking for reasons to shame, condemn, guilt, punish us, that's not, that's not what he's doing. He's, he's looking for every opportunity that he can find and you will give him in your life to help you and to show you his goodness and his mercy. All right, here's the last one from uh, this, this James 1.5. This is the New Living Translation. If you need wisdom, if you need wisdom, ask our generous God and he will give it to you. He will not rebuke you for asking. He will not rebuke you for asking. He's a generous God. Come on now, he's a generous God. If the Lord leads you to do something else, then do it. But, but could I suggest tonight that, that when you lay down to go to sleep, that, that you spend some time just considering and meditating upon the generosity of our God. We don't spend enough time thinking about how generous he is. And, and remember, he's not a man. We, we try to comprehend the generosity of God by trying to understand examples of generosity in human beings. My friend, Father God is, is more generous than any person you've ever, you know, received generosity from. He's generous. He's a giver. He enjoys giving, just like you enjoy giving. Have you ever, I know maybe this sounds a bit carnal, but I was thinking about some of this this week. You know, have, have you ever daydreamed about what you would do if you, like, won the lottery? I mean, that's kind of a, a fun thing to, you know, fun conversation. You know, we, we, uh, we did this a little bit uh, when we were on family vacation. And um, I don't know, we had bought an island... I don't know, we, 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 we come up with some, some pretty uh, cool things, you know. But just about anybody I've ever had this conversation with, 
Um, and I don't believe it's because I'm a pastor and they're trying to impress me. Most people, I'm trying, as a matter of fact, I don't know if anybody I've ever had this conversation with that hasn't somewhere up very high on the list, if not lead with all the people they would help if they won $900 million. Right? In other words, when I say, you, 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 <laughs> you may struggle with expressing it, but if you're born of God, you have a generous spirit inside of you. And it's but a tip of the iceberg of his generosity. All right, go with me now um, to John, the 15th chapter. John chapter 15. And, um, man, there is a, a lot of stuff right here. But I'll tell you what I'm going I'm to do at least for now, I just want to focus on one verse. Now, I'm not trying to pull something out of context. I mean, if you're, if you're not familiar with this section in the, in the Gospel of John, this is where Jesus identifies himself as the vine, and he identifies you and me as the branches. And in the same way, if a branch is disconnected from the, the vine or the trunk of a tree, then it's impossible for that branch to produce fruit or to even survive and so we see that our, um, our ability to produce fruit that glorifies our Father is dependent upon our being uh, connected to Jesus, to the vine, okay? And so as important as the trunk and the vine and the roots and all that actually are, the fruit isn't, isn't, it doesn't pop out of the trunk. It comes through the trunk, out through the branches and, and, ex, and extends itself out of the ends of the branches. And so, again, he's talking about you and me. So much of what Jesus has done for us, right, is so that we can then bear fruit that glorifies his Father. Amen. So, notice what he says here in John 15 and 7. If you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire and it shall be done for you. Now, I'm sure a lot of you in this room, if not all of you in this room, are familiar with this verse. I would dare say a lot of you in this room could quote this verse from memory. But when's the last time we've really considered what he's saying here? He's saying, if you abide in me and my words abide in you, you will ask what you desire. You will ask what you desire. King James says, whatever you desire, and it shall be done for you. Now, here we see once again the importance of giving him place, giving God place in our lives. And that is basically what he's saying when he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. If you remember... Um, in Jesus' earthly ministry, there were, there were a group of people who were initially acting like they were you know, followers and they, and they were all in. And then Jesus said some things that offended them and now they're ready to stomp off mad. Um, and, and Jesus basically brings the conversation to an end when he says this to them. He says, my words have no place in you. My words have no place in you, okay? Now, 
God's Word having place in your life means a whole lot more than you knowing something He said. Okay? For His Word to be given its proper place in your life, this, this means that His Word is valued, it's, it's esteemed, it's, it's respected, it's, it's honored, it's appreciated, it's, it's acknowledged. Okay? Um, I could really get fancy with you. Uh, this is a, a phrase the Lord gave me some time ago. Um, his word, if it has its proper place in your life, it will have overriding supremacy in your life. In other words, it'll have veto power of every other word uh, spoken in your direction. This is for his word to have the place in, in your life and my life that it deserves. Is the word of God just another opinion among many? Is what, is, you know, see, this is where a lot of people are. What God has to say about any given s- subject or situation is just, you know, one more uh, 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 tick off the Google list, right? It's just it's one more um, uh, uh, thought uh, to, uh, to, to mix in with all the others. But he says, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. He's talking about fellowship here. He's talking about communion. He's talking about doing life together with him. This is what it means to abide or to dwell in me. Um, We've been asking this question here of late. I'm going to ask it again. How many people of the billions of people on planet Earth, how many of them right now are thinking about our Father in Heaven? How many of them are thinking about, uh, as the Bible says, set your mind on things above? How many people on planet Earth right now are thinking about things above? Okay, I don't know the answer to that. Um, one of your daughters, Melanie, gave me the best answer at camp. She said, not enough. And I thought that was a pretty cool answer. Um, and so I quote, I, you know, I give her props on that one. Okay, I think Amber was the one that says, not enough. And, 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 you know. um, but the, the point is not for you to give me an, an exact count, but I'm just trying to show you that of the billions of people on planet Earth, you know, relatively few, not enough of them, um, are thinking about God. So abiding in Him is, is giving him this place in your life. It's, it's where he's never far from your thoughts or your conversation, where he, he's included in, 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 well, on Sunday, acknowledging him in all of our ways, right? This is what it means to abide in him, giving him that place, giving him his words, that place in your life. I'm going to do the same thing. I want to give you this verse in, in a couple of other translations. Um, here it is in the Amplified, and I, I really like this. Um, he says, if you live in me, abide vitally united to me, and my words remain in you and continue to live in your hearts, ask whatever you will, and it shall be done for you. It shall be done for you. So here he gives us a, a little deeper glimpse into a little deeper insight into what it means to abide in him when he says abide vitally abide vitally united to me it's it's one thing for your born-again spirit to be one with god it's another thing for your mind to be set upon him and upon spiritual things and upon things above are you are you are you understand what i'm talking about here to 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 um, it, I, I sat and stared in front of my computer, you know, for some time today, and I've done this before. Th- this is one of those things that 
it's, it's really hard to put into English words what it means to abide in Him, okay? Um, I'll look at it, we'll, look, we'll turn there in a minute, but in Psalm 37, He uses the expression, delight yourself in Him, okay? Where, um, you know, think about, I don't know, um, you know, something that you're really interested in, something that you enjoy, some hobby, some, um, some pastime or whatever, uh, and, and, and so like here, here would be, if you're really into college football, okay, um, you will remain vitally connected to college football even in the off season. You, you want to know about recruiting. You'll want to know about um, how the spring practices are, are going. You want, in, in other words, it's not just take it or leave it if it's a big game on a Saturday and you don't have any chores to do, right? Um, that may be a lame way of trying to, to, to show you here, but, but remaining vitally connected to something, um, it involves attention, interest, effort on our part, and, and, and really we're talking about more than anything else in our minds. Okay, let me keep going here. John 15 and 7, the message translation. But if you make yourselves at home with me, and my words are at home in you, you can be sure that whatever you ask will be listened to and acted upon. Man, that's good. All right, here's the God's Word translation. If you live in me, and what I say lives in you, then ask for anything you want, and it will be yours. Here's the Passion translation. But if you live in life union with me, and my words live powerfully within you, then you can ask whatever you desire, and it will be done. Okay? Now, here is, and I love to do this, I love to find an Old Testament counterpart to a New Testament passage. And I believe Psalm 37 is um, one of those verses that's a new Old Testament counterpart to this New Testament verse. And so let's look at it again for the first time. Psalm 37, 3 and 4. Trust in the Lord and do good. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness. Delight yourself also in the Lord, and He shall give you the desires of your heart. Now, what, what we're seeing here, and we see it also in, in John, John's Gospel, Matthew's Gospel, Luke's Gospel, is both things that you need and things that you desire. He didn't just say whatever things you need. He said whatever things you desire, okay? Whatever things you ask for when you pray. Whatever things you desire when you pray, okay? So if that seems like a stretch to you, there's not a parent among us who's only interested in giving to our children what they need. We enjoy giving our children what they need, and we enjoy blessing them above and beyond that with things that they desire, with things that they want. And our Heavenly Father has the same heart and attitude towards us. So when He says, dwell in the land and feed on His faithfulness, I believe that this is speaking of our daily needs and provisions. Feeding on His faithfulness, He's talking about just the faithfulness of God Supplying my God supplies all of my needs according to His riches in glory. And then it's in verse four, He's taking it to the next level. 
Trust in the Lord, do good, dwell in the land, feed on His faithfulness. Then he says, and delight yourself in the Lord, and He will give you the desires of your heart. So delighting yourself also in Him while trusting in Him and doing good, dwelling in the place that He has for you and feeding on His faithfulness, right? Take it a step further and delight yourself also in Him and He will give you the desires of your heart above and beyond the needs of your heart. Let me, and I, I don't want to be that guy, I don't want to be that preacher, so no, I'm not throwing rocks at anybody, I'm not trying to, I'm, I'm not trying to um, be harsh or judgmental or critical or anything along those lines, okay? But do you know why, we, I know a lot of people that are part of this church that love God and, and, and love Him, I don't misunderstand me, love Him, but do you know why a lot of people aren't here tonight? It's because they're finding delight in other things. They're finding delight in um, their favorite television show. They're finding delight in maybe some project or some, something they got going on around the house. They're finding delight in, in a meal with their family. They're find, that's not ever... Listen, I, I feel some of you online almost like want to reach through the camera at me. No, don't get mad at me. I love you. I'm trying to help you, okay? In other words, when he's talking about delighting yourself in the Lord, he's talking about a deliberate, intentional effort that you put into finding joy, finding excitement, finding pleasure in things pertaining to your relationship with God. Right? So, in other words, there's all kinds of things, there's all kinds of options, and I'm not necessarily talking about sinful things, okay? that we find pleasure in, that we find delight in, that we could, just, we could make it simple, okay? That we enjoy doing. But remember, who determines what you value? Who determines what you treasure? You determine what you treasure. And what did Jesus say about what you treasure? Whatever you treasure, your heart will be connected to. Wherever your treasure is, there your heart will be also. And so when we make the things of God a priority, when we say, you know what, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to find some delight in, because my Father likes it when His people come together and worship Him collectively. This is something He's asked us to do. It's the least I could do. It's my reasonable service, right? Everything God wants to do for me and, and in me and through me begins with me showing up. So the least I can do is, is be present and accounted for. And I'm going to make it a priority. I'm going to treasure the, the, the couple of hours a week, a couple of days a week that, that, that I have opportunity to go and be with my family of faith and and honor my Father and worship Him and, 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 and strengthen us. See, again, we, 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 we make it a priority. We, we choose to delight ourselves in this. These are the people that God gives the desires of their hearts to if you hadn't figured this out by now. Eye hasn't seen, ear hasn't heard, nor has it entered the heart of man the things that God has prepared for those who love Him. See, we, we just try to throw those things out and leave out the for those who love Him, for those who will have a relationship with Him on His terms. I'm not, again, I'm not trying to hammer anybody. I'm just trying to show you something here. There's so many things that, you know, promises of God that you'll know that we talked about this in discipleship class. The Bible says you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free. There are a lot of people who can quote that verse that do not qualify for that verse. 
Because before he said, you'll know the truth and the truth will make you free, he said, you'll be my disciple indeed. And before he said, you'll be my disciple indeed, he said, if you abide in my word, if you continue in my word. If you continue in my word, if you abide in my word, you'll be my disciple indeed. And as my disciple, I'll be able to teach you the truth that will enable you to live a life free from sin. See, we, we want to th- throw all these verses out, right? All things work together. It's not what it says. It says when you don't know how to pray as you ought to pray and you submit yourself to the Holy Spirit and He prays through you with words and groanings that can't be uttered in articulate speech, making intercession for the saints according to the will of God, and now we know all things work together for good to those who are called according to, who love God and are called according to His purpose. See, we just want to, we just want to sling around. Everything works out. No, no, no. Again, that's not, do you qualify? Man, I'm preaching on a Wednesday night. I usually just kind of teach and keep it laid back, but I'm, I'm passionate about this. We're missing out on things. We're missing out on things. See, in the, the Old Testament version of this was dwell in the land and feed on his faithfulness. My friend, we, we've got a much, much better dwelling place in the New Testament. In the New Testament, guess who our dwelling place is? It's Jesus himself, right? It, it, he, he said, we're not abiding at some physical location. We're abiding in him, which means we can abide in him no matter where we go. He delights in you. Father God delights in you. I don't know if you know that or not. He delights in you. And he longs for you to find delight in him. So these two words, delight and abide, delight and abide. We see that both of these words in in action and in practice in our lives puts us in this unique position to ask God for whatever we want. And he said he'll do it for you. Okay? Think about that for a minute. Now, I, I got some stuff here. I got to finish. I know. Praise God. Are you good? Get a couple more minutes. Can, can, I just, can I just get real with you for a minute? Can, can we please, can we please reject the religiously watered down take on this? See, religion has taken this and, 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 and does what religion does to any of these powerful promises of God. Religion has tried to make this all but ineffective in our lives. I understand, listen to me please, before you start getting upset with me, I understand that when you really set your heart and affection upon God, that all of a sudden you start desiring things that maybe you didn't desire before. I got that already. I believe that absolutely 100%. But see, what religion has done is religion has said, well, if you really delight yourself in God and if you really abide in Him you won't really want anything. No, my friend. That is wrong. Please do not accept the religiously watered down take on this that says if you abide in him and his words, uh, and his words abide in you, then you won't, you will not want nice things. It's not true. It's not true. This is what I'm, among other things, this is one of those things that I'm wanting to go off in you like a shotgun, if I can quote Brother Jesse again, okay? Your Heavenly Father wants you to have nice things. 
He is so precious. I bet y'all want some nice... Tell me, Mom and Dad, do y'all not want nicer things for him than y'all had growing up? <laughs> All of a sudden, though, you know, well, you, know, you delight yourself in the Lord and you'll, you know, you'll want dirt. You know, he'll change your desire. No, it's not, it's not what he's saying here. So, I haven't said this tonight, so I'll say it in closing. Faith will flourish in an understanding heart. How does the way you understand these verses, right? Let me, I, I thought I had it all written down cleverly here, but let me just try to talk to you for a minute, okay? So he's saying, I mean, I could give you many more. Real quick, John 16, look at this, 23, 24. And in that day you will ask me nothing. Most assuredly I say to you, whatever you ask the Father, whatever you ask the Father, whatever you ask the Father in my name, He will give you. Until now you've asked nothing in my name. Ask and you will receive that your joy may be full. Father knows one of the ways for you and me to have full joy is when we get nice things. And He wants you to have them. Okay? All right? But now, remember, faithful flourish in an understanding heart. Let's go back to that centurion. See, he, he didn't have all this religious indoctrination. He didn't have all this, sometimes God does, sometimes he doesn't. None of that was a factor in, in, in his understanding. What he understood was very straightforward. It was, it, was, it was forged in a military experience and mindset. I mean, I'm not saying he did this, but it'd be like him just saluting Jesus speak the word only sir what's, what's brother Copeland say permission to be healed sir he, he, all these arguments and things that, that, that we quote unquote understand leaven that, that, that give way to doubt and unbelief in our hearts so again what you've previously understood about Whatever you ask the Father in my name, he'll give you. How, how does that line up with what he's actually saying here? Do you understand what I'm saying? You know, see, we have all these, un well, that's really not what that means, Pastor Mark. Well, what does it mean then? It, 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 it just, that's not what that means. See, again, those, see, that's your understanding of it. I guarantee if a centurion heard this, he'd probably hand him a list in triplicate. And expect it right then. And Jesus wouldn't have backhanded him. Jesus would have marveled at his faith again. Okay, stand with me. Praise God. You do realize, and I'm getting over into some other stuff, but when Jesus says in that day, when he first said this to them, he was talking about a day that had not yet arrived but that day is now the day in which we live. I'm going to ask you again. Have you asked? Have you asked? What do you, what do you want? What do you want? What do you desire? Have you asked? Amen. Father, thank you.
that you, in essence, have said to us over and over and over again, not just if you need anything, call, but you have over and over taken it one step further. If you want anything, ask. Father, help us to see this. Help us, Father, I guess back to where we were last Wednesday night, help us understand some of these deeper hidden things in our heart and thinking and understanding, Lord, that that make us so reluctant, that make us hate to ask, that make us, Lord, if it's pride rooted out of us, if it's if it's fear, expose it with your truth and light. Father, whatever it is, Lord, help us get beyond this. Father, I thank you that as, as we go our separate ways, that you're speaking to us. I, I've, I've, I, that's one of the things that I've asked you to do, sir. I've asked you to speak to these men and women. I've asked you to, to take these things that that you're speaking to me, and as I speak them to them, that your Holy Spirit just right in there, just, Father, that it won't be something we hear and forget 20 minutes from now, but Lord, that it, it, it begins to turn over and over inside of us, Father. It, be, it begins to, to literally become a part of us. Father, I, I've never to my knowledge, said this before, but forgive us for robbing you of joyous opportunities. Things that you want to give us and, and, and want us to experience and enjoy, but we won't even ask you for them. And, and it's causing you to miss out on, on what you enjoy doing, which is giving us good things. Father, we purpose to do better with your help. In Jesus' name, amen and amen. Praise God. Remember water baptism Sunday morning? Um, matter of fact, Caleb, Greg, some of you guys, y'all could help us. We need to lower those steps uh, back there, Dad, because um, I'll, I'll need to turn the water on Saturday night. And. Um,